You're listening to the Her Paper Route Podcast, episode number five. Today, we're joined by Sasha Lacey. Sasha is a blogger and entrepreneur and the solo woman behind EverydaySheSparkling.com. Sasha is here to share with us how we as bloggers can grow our communities within the ever-changing industry, how micro-content may be the future, and what we can do every day to help build our communities without relying solely on organic Google traffic. You're listening to the Her Paper Root Podcast, a show all about money and entrepreneurship with host Chelsea Clark. Chelsea is a marketing strategist and the founder of HerPaperRoot.com, a friendly and supportive hive for ambitious, passionate entrepreneurs like you to learn how to growth hack your idea into a profitable business. We encourage you to fearlessly tackle your wildest goals. We know that as your own boss, you can deliver your unique message and make more paper. You just need a plan. Here's your host, Chelsea Clark. Welcome to the show, Sasha. Thank you, Chelsea. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. It's so great to have you here. So please just dive right in and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started as a blogger and where it's taking you now. Sure. So I actually, funny thing, I started blogging. I've been an entrepreneur forever. I've done all kinds of businesses um, and I'm always trying the new greatest, latest thing and everybody's always joking and making fun of me for it. And a friend and coworker of mine actually um, said to me one day, you know what, like, well, here's one thing you haven't tried before. We should like start blogs. And I was just totally not into it. And I kind of brushed her off. And then um, she went like another three months or something. She's like, no, really? Like, I think it's a great idea. And I think we should, you know, do blogs like each of us individually. And she had an amazing story. She had lost over a hundred pounds and kept it off successfully for over five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was thinking you have so much great things to share. Um, but what am I going to share? I kind of felt like maybe I shouldn't start a blog because what am I supposed to blog about? So I think a lot of people think that when they're not ready to launch and that goes through their mind. I think that's yeah. really common. Exactly. Yeah. And I see now how common it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was just like, well, she really wanted to. And I thought, you know, it's everything's better to do with a friend. So I, her and I kind of got together and we decided we were going to start these blogs and hers was going to be about her weight loss journey. And mine was going to be about, um, my journeys, just sort of an overall, anything to do with my life, especially focusing on my entrepreneur journey, because Mm -hmm. I had done so many crazy things. I thought I have lots of stories to share about that. So it sort of started out there and a year later, she's not blogging anymore, and I am in love with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was definitely the best choice I could have made. Yeah, now you're hooked. You can't get out. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's it's one of those things. It's like an addiction. <laughs> totally. It totally is. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and here I am today. And so, you know, things have changed for sure. Um, I'm still blogging about entrepreneurs, but when I fell in love with the medium of blogging and realized um, that it's a sort of a missing skill in all of the jobs or side hustles I had done before, specifically, I did some network marketing stuff and I had some home-based businesses and I didn't realize what the reach could be. And so many people I worked with in the past, obviously they didn't know anything about blogging either. Mm -hmm. And so my direction was A, to help women get their blogs up and running and then B, to teach other entrepreneurs, how they could use blogging to, you know, maximize their side hustle potentials, because I think it was such a lost thing. Nobody knew anything about it, not in my world anyways. Yeah, you and I are in a similar niche. We share some similarities in the topics that we blog about. 
And so I know that our niche of creating training and resources about blogging and earning money online is not the easiest niche to work in. It's very saturated (laughs) and often it can be really hard to rank in Google for those sought after keywords. Um, So I'm seeing many bloggers find different ways to bring readers to their websites without counting on Google organic traffic. Mm -hmm. So on that topic, what do you do to drive traffic to your website in other ways than Google? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, and it's so true. Um, Our industry, um, especially the blogging for bloggers and even just business to business is so heavily saturated. It's really tough to rank on Google. Um, So, you know, funny story about this is um, I have been looking at different ways of expanding and always from the beginning, I think you're on the big platforms. Most of us are. Pinterest is huge for us. Um, and Instagram for some, not so much for me and Facebook, of course. But in saying that um, in the last month, I my Pinterest account was suspended and that week just tanked my website stats. So I thought right then, man, I cannot put so much effort into Pinterest. Um, I have to look at some other avenues. And funny enough, um, my Facebook got suspended today. You know, I'm almost grateful that these things happen because every time it's happened to me, I sort of start to think, dang, you have to come up with a new game plan. You have to have more than one source of, you know, traffic, not all your eggs in one basket. So I have been focusing pretty heavily on my email marketing and um, because, you know, that list belongs to me. So unless the service provider shuts down, that's mine. So um, that's a really easy way for me to reach out to my audience without having to depend on a platform. And I've been reading so many articles lately, especially for business to business, you know, bloggers like us uh, about being present on LinkedIn. So I'm trying to really work that in with my marketing strategy and just looking to other places that aren't, you know, so targeted for everybody. Yes. I think. Just trying new things all the time, right? Yeah. Never getting set in one way, always kind of trying different things and seeing what's working. And yeah, because things, we don't control the algorithms and everything can change on us like that, as we've noticed recently. Exactly. <laughs> And I should just peep this in just for anyone listening. They're like, oh my gosh, how do you get suspended on Pinterest? No, we did not do anything bad. (laughs) It happens to every blogger at some point or another. It's just the way that Pinterest bots go through their users. And once in a while, good bloggers get caught up in that. So if that happens to you, if you get suspended, all you do is you just contact Pinterest and tell them what happened. And a real person will get in touch with you and sort it out. And your account will be in good standing. As long as you never did anything bad, you'll get your account back. So don't worry about that. Exactly. (laughs) And they were really great, actually. You know, I mean, I'm sure they're bombarded. They're a huge corporation. And so they got back to me relatively quick. And, you know, for the week I was down, it stunk. But, you know, they were really great about it, too. So that's good. Yeah, I'm sure they get lots of those emails every day. So yes, and they just went public too, Pinterest. So I'm sure they have lots of changes. Hopefully, they'll be able to change that a little bit for the better. But we'll see. And speaking of all the different platforms, can I just say you are doing an incredible job hosting your Facebook group, Blogging Babes Collective. Um, It's engaged, active, and full of people who seem to really be interested in what you do. So what advice can you give our listeners on how to grow and nurture an engaged community? Thank you so much. It's one of my proudest um, things or accomplishments of being a blogger, actually. 
I absolutely love, love, love my group. Um, you know, the group kind of got started funny. I just, when I first started blogging, I was having a really tough time and literally three weeks in after not being able to connect my domain email with my um, Gmail account, seems really simple. I almost, I started crying and I almost threw in the towel. <laughs> Believe oh. It or not. <laughs> oh no, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. And so um, the same friend that we decided we were going to do this together, we decided maybe we would be better off because we knew so little about blogging. If We got together and had some Prosecco and you know, gave each other tasks. You learn what that means and how to do it. You learn what that means. And then we'll tell each other and we'll get farther faster. So mm-hmm. it was such an amazing experience to do that and to work with somebody that I thought, I bet there are so many other bloggers that are new that could use the help and the, you know, the interaction. And, and so I created this blogging babes collective group just for that, just so people could get together. I really wanted to be, you know, really authentic with myself and with them. And, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't afraid to share that I had no idea what I was doing at the time or <laughs> that I was just there for help. And I think being active in that group all the time, I try to respond to almost everybody's comments, listening to what they're saying, finding the information for them. If I don't know it, I'm in so many groups where that interaction is non-existent. Mm-hmm. And even for me, it's a letdown. You know, if I go in somewhere and I see somebody's comment was posted six days ago and nobody has posted back, I yeah. feel like I feel like I'll just go in and, you know, try to save the day because if it was me, I would be frustrated. And in six days, I might have quit. Oh, you absolutely. <laughs> You'd be out of that group for sure. There is a ton more coming up on today's episode, but first I want to quickly thank our sponsors for making this show possible. Envato Elements is your one-stop shop for WordPress themes, stock photos, stock video, web templates, WordPress plugins, fonts, and more. As a subscriber, you get unlimited downloads to 1 million plus products for a low monthly fee. Get a sneak peek of what members get by going to herpaperoot.com slash Elements. You also host a community on your membership site, Bloggers Glitterati. So please tell us about that. Totally a crazy thing. When I did start, like I said, I had so many troubles and I think so many people do. I'm a kind of a tech junkie. And so for me to be frustrated in the beginning was really tough. And I thought if I'm frustrated and having a hard time, there's got to be so many other people that are as well. So I actually intended to build a course or you know, help people right from day one. And I wrote down everything I did step by step, where I would create a blog post about every tiny step I did. And um, eventually, I made it into a course uh, called Simply Blogging. And what I found is that my students were all at different stages, some had started, some just needed a little bit of information, some needed all of the information. And they just kept popping in and out of the course, which I thought was interesting. And so I started looking at membership sites because it's sort of this grab and go content on a, you know, on the spot. Mm-hmm. And I think people needed different ways or there was different learners and people could get in and get that information. So I chopped up my entire course that I had just created and I put it into my membership platform. And so now people can go in and just get the pieces of information that they need quickly. Um, it's all there, all the information, but you sort of can grab and go. And I really kind of love the idea of that. And there's, you know, some great interaction there as well. 
So just another platform really to give people that information. Yeah, no, that's so good. For people who might be wanting to start a membership site, how often do you recommend that they keep it updated? I thought maybe I wasn't doing enough. I So I have different, various content in there and I'm always adding new things, um, little small bits of information or bigger courses. I do a masterclass series once a month. I do some live group training in the Facebook group. But, um, and I didn't think maybe I was doing enough. And I think maybe I'm a bit of an overachiever, I suppose. <laughs> Never enough. And then I had two people send me messages and say, how do you get that much content all the time? It's a lot. So I think one thing that if you're, you know, if you had ever thought about doing a membership site or whatever, one thing I've learned right away is that there is a thing as too much content, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because then it gets overwhelming again. And the whole point of it is so that it's easy to consume. Right. If, If the more you put out there. So I put enough that it can make sense and that they're getting new content every month but not too much where it could take a whole month to get through it because that's not the point. Yes. Yeah, no, I get that. And do you think that membership sites only work in specific niches or can any niche make it work? You know, I was new to doing a membership site um, and the host that I got involved in, um, they have a great Facebook community and I couldn't believe the number of different niches that were in there. Like there was things for health and wellness. There was different business stuff, like whether it's email marketing specifically or building brands, there was all kinds of marketing stuff, even nonprofit societies using memberships, stuff on family. And, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. I was actually surprised how many people benefit from using these membership platforms. So I think it could work totally with any niche. Oh, that's awesome. Um, in addition to your membership site, you also monetize your blog with affiliate marketing and personal services. What types of monetization do you recommend for bloggers? And do you recommend having multiple revenue streams all at once? Great question. Um, I do see sometimes people say, don't monetize until you have so much traffic or don't focus on that focus on content. My thought on it is the earlier you start, the more you learn right away. There's so many different ways, but Obviously, the more common ones are things like ads and products and services using affiliate networks or, you know, affiliates on their own freelancing. We're seeing lots of, you know, switches to virtual assistant, you know, work and help. Pinterest virtual assistants is huge right now. Yeah, that's big right now. So many different ways to make money. I think there's no limit, which is the greatest part. And the more streams that you can add in, the better. So just just like your marketing platforms and you know Pinterest shuts down, maybe you're you're associate, you know, you're an Amazon associate and you are marketing their stuff, but maybe something happens to Amazon and now all of a sudden your entire site is dedicated to Amazon links. And 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 now what do you do? So you don't have a backup plan. So you should be thinking of your funnels and your tripwires and you know, any and every possible way that you could potentially earn some money because you never know what's going to work best for you and you never know when another part of that might tank. So don't be dependent on one thing, not all your eggs in one basket for sure. Yes, I totally agree. And, you know, like you were saying, like, don't wait to monetize. Like you don't have to wait until you have X amount of 
page views or subscribers, like just start from day one, start and you'll learn and monetize as many different ways as you're interested in because you never know which revenue streams will take off. So, you know, you can plant as many monetization like seeds and they'll come to harvest later on. You never know. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you might, you might, and because you don't know about them, right, you might just learn everything about Mm -hmm. one and that might end up being your stream. You know, might, yeah. Oh, totally. Being yeah. A niche in the end and who you're marketing to. So you just never know where something could take you. And I am a firm believer in trying everything once. <laughs> so, yes. So, yeah. Oh, here, here. Mm-hmm. You said you were into tech. I am too. So let's talk about what your top five must-have blogging tools are and why. Yeah, it's hard to narrow it down to five. <laughs> <laughs> I have probably like you. There's so many yeah. great tools. So because I do work full time, most of the tools I use have something to do with productivity um, because I have such a limited time frame for getting everything done that I need to. So I would say like my number one uh, tool is called CoSchedule and CoSchedule is a, geez, I don't even ever know what to call it because it seems to me it does all of the things. <laughs> um, it's you know, it's, it's does it's all my scheduling for all my posts. It integrates directly with WordPress, which I kind of really love about it. And there's several different ones, um, very similar, but I, I don't know how many of them, if any integrate into WordPress. So it's nice to have it right there. Um, you know, once I'm finished my post, I get all of my blurbs and my copy together and put all of my graphics right in. And I just say schedule and it automatically schedules and it requeues and, I think now they send me an email every week telling me how much time I've saved. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. I think I'm at and and how many interactions I got from my requeued posts. So I think last week I was at just over a thousand interactions from my requeued posts. That, that includes my Facebook groups and um, and anything going out on Twitter, wherever I'm sending anything and Pinterest. So I do schedule out to Pinterest using them. And I think it was just 10.8 hours I saved. So somehow they've got yeah, some metrics. That's so good. Yeah, I love seeing that every week. That's a nice email to get for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. So I would say that's definitely my number one. If I had to get rid of every tool I had um, besides CoSchedule or be- any tool, I would keep that one tool. I could probably figure out everything else. Okay, so co-schedule with requeuing. That's like evergreen content recycling. Is yeah. that the same thing? Yeah, exactly. That's super handy. It is. And it sets, you know, you just tell it how many times you want it to requeue to or reset to another thing. Like maybe I want to have seven Twitter posts a day and, you know, two Facebook posts a day or whatever. You just set that. And then once it's in the queue, it just... And it will, it won't send anything more than once a month either. So um, it does no limits and it does know the best scheduling times and it does all that stuff for me. And I've gone back and forth on this, but any stock quality stock photo membership site, um, I currently work with Pixie stock um, and I love, love, love her stuff and her graphics are so, so good. So I am, um, yeah, I love her stuff. So it's just for me, again, this is a time-saving thing. Um, I was searching, you know, Unsplash and Pixabay and every free site possible. And Canva does have a good selection. I think they get them all from those same places now. Um, But when you're trying to look for that one very specific picture, 
Yeah. Oh, I subscribe to like all the photo memberships, like for sure. Like I can't, I, and I still frequent the free ones too, but it just can't compare to having a good membership. And you know what? It's the difference between having a clickable pin or a graphic that looks fantastic that people want to look at and not. Right. One that everybody else is using. Exactly. Um, And it's funny now because I see some of the ones that I used when I first started and I see them in Pinterest or, you know, if you're in Pinterest, I think, I don't even know if you have to have the Pinterest browser extension. Maybe that's what it is. It shows a little square in the top corner if you hover over any image. And if you click on it, it will show you all the other images on Pinterest. Yes, all the other pins that use that image. Yeah. And sometimes there's like hundreds of thousands. Oh, that's terrible. So I think investing in a good quality um, stock membership site, there's so many good ones. Um, Like I said, I'm using Pixie Stock right now and she's incredible. So that's huge. And again, a time saver for me, because if I know I can go to one place and I know I can find great images, all the merrier. Totally. Yes. Okay. Number three would be for me, um, Canva. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And you know, um, I do use a few different ones, but I always go back to Canva. Um, they're great. The free is good, but for me, again, time saving, I really depend on Canva a whole lot. Plus it's great for building opt-ins and you know, they keep adding new features all the time. I still do have Adobe Photoshop and I've used it forever, but I still, every day I'll use Canva and I just recently upgraded to the pro version. There's just so many more fonts and it just, it saves me so much more time than having to go and download a font and import it into Photoshop. And having your brand there too, right? Because in the pro version, you get to, I think you get three fonts and your brand colors and your logos, and that's all right there. It's so handy. Yes. Yeah. So super time savers. So that's number three. Number four thing I would have to have is my email service provider. I use MailerLite and love them. Um, and they're free up to a thousand subscribers. So that was good. I thought maybe it was free and maybe it wouldn't be a very good program to use. But um, yeah, I think MailerLite's been great for me you know, I couldn't run my business. Like I said, going back to your marketing, you have to have, um, be working on your email marketing and have those subscribers there because they're yours. And so to be able to reach out to people, that's really important. So any tool that's going to get you there, you know, for sure that's important. And then last is Trello. I love, love, love Trello. So I use Trello for all kinds of things. If you've never heard of it before, it's like digital sticky notes. Somebody else asked me, what is that? And I was trying to think of it. I'm like, well, it's just like sticky notes only on your computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, um, it's a wonderful way to organize. I have some, you know, blog post content creation ones. So you could like, you basically create lists and organize it and you can move your cards around. So you could say, you know, if you're in the beginning stages, these are my ideas. And then when they get to your draft stages, you can move them over. You can add links. Um, I use it uh, to help organize and plan for my guest posts. Um, That in conjunction with actually um, Zapier is a really nice thing to use too. Yes. So I don't know. There's so many. It was really hard to narrow down. That's a great (laughs) top five. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely things I couldn't live without. And again, they're all things that help me do everything faster. Yes. Because I have such limited time. 
And that leads me right into my next question, because something that new bloggers may not be prepared for when they start a blog is the amount of time that it takes to run a blog as a business. It's crazy. But you are someone who seems to just be balancing all the plates like a total pro. So what do you do to manage your time? What is your secret to managing it all? Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. So like I said before, I work full time and um, I use you know, any time and any tools that I can find to make my job of do I, I want to put in a good amount of effort. And I, you know, it's even though it's my side hustle, I work it like it's my full time job, because that is what I aspire for it to get to. So I think I have to set myself some really strong schedules. Um, I do tend to be a procrastinator and a perfectionist, which isn't helpful. <laughs> um, but I make myself some schedules. So I get up pretty early in the morning. I'm usually up by four or four 30. Yeah. Wow. Every day. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Everybody. She's up <laughs> at the crack of dawn. <laughs> and it's not for everybody, but uh, it's not, you know, it's not like I work around the clock. I did. Um, I was initially when you're, especially when I was new to blogging, it was so amazing and so exciting. And I felt like I had to do everything and know everything. And so I was working steady, getting up at four o'clock in the morning and then coming home and doing it. And then you know, staying up late and doing it on weekends. And I burnt out really quick. So um, I have some, you know, now I do still get up early. I get most of my stuff out in the morning. I work on whatever I'm working on that week till usually about seven o'clock every morning. And then from seven until quarter to eight, I work within my group and all of my Facebook share threads, because those are all really important. So a ton of those. And then I go to work. I go to work all day. And then to be perfectly honest with you, my weekends and my nights are pretty much mine. Sometimes I'll do some work on the weekends or pick a day. But when I get home at 430, my brain is usually fried between my day job and just getting up early and I can't do anything productive. And sometimes I think, oh, I'll start, but I know that I'm not going to produce anything quality. So I just know in my head that I have to get all of my quality good stuff. I'm most productive in the morning. So get all that out first thing, and then I don't have to think about it. That's such an important thing that you mentioned there, because I think a lot of bloggers get overwhelmed with how much they think they need to be doing, and they never shut off. And it's hard for me too to shut off. Like, I just want to be blogging all the time. And that's not the most productive me. Like, that's you have Mm -hmm. to have rest. You have to have time for yourself. Um, And I see a lot of bloggers, like, who start, fast and they're eager and they burn out quick. And I think that hearing you say that you make sure that your weekends and your evenings are for you, I think that's really important that a lot of people can consider. Do you want to learn more about making money as a blogger? I wrote a book all about affiliate marketing strategy, which shows you exactly how to use affiliate marketing to monetize your blog and actually make a living at it. And today you can get your copy of my book for just $9. That's $20 off with coupon code podcast. Just go to herpaperroot.com shop and you'll find the book there. So the blogging industry, I think, is always changing. What do you see happening right now in the business of blogging? And what do you expect to see happening in the industry next year? You know, I love this question. Um, I just recently finished, I don't know if you've probably read the book, Gary Vaynerchuk. His first book is Crush It. I think the second one is called Crushing It. 
um, and is sort of a follow-up to the first book. I didn't realize he had a first book and I read the second one first. And, um, you know, he talked so much about, um, it's about learning everything about social media platforms and how to use them appropriately and, you know, how people have been very um, successful with doing the right thing at the right time, you know, using common sense, you know, just just getting out there and doing it. Um, and I love the, the whole thing. And one of the things at the very end, so I'm, you know, you're listening. I, so I listen to podcasts like yours Thank you. <laughs> um, when I have spare time, um, my commute to work is about 15 minutes. So it gives me a lot of time. So I listen to a lot of books on audible and um, I've been waiting for the tidbit of information that I'm going to be like, yes, that's for me. And um, we got, got to the end of it and I, you know, I won't wreck it for you but he was talking about micro content basically and content like podcasts because people are so busy. Mm -hmm. People aren't getting any less busy, it seems. And, um, and so you have to find other ways because some people don't have time to sit down and read a 1500 word blog post, but they have time to listen to a 20 minute podcast on their way to work. So those smaller pieces of content and it's, even looking more and more to smaller and teenier pieces of that content. It kind of even goes hand in hand with the membership idea where it's just small pieces of content that you can go in and grab and go. It's like fast food. And so I think things are moving in that sort of micro content direction. And, you you know, you're looking at new ways to market um, your blog, you know, again, not being stuck in Pinterest, there's always going to be something new coming up. I'm actually going to be working with um, my daughter and she's going to help. She's 12 or 13. Sorry. <laughs> Big difference when you're 13, you're not 12. <laughs> yeah, huge difference. She would kill me. Um, so, uh, you know, and I'm going to be working with her on, I'm doing some things, a collaboration sort of with her actually um, on TikTok. Oh yeah. All the kids are on TikTok. Yeah. So, I mean, it's outside my, another great idea I got from the crushing it book. So, um, I just think, I think things are transitioning into a different age and kids now are going to be our audience in the future. Yes. And funny that I was talking to my daughter about it. She knows nothing about, you know, blogging or anything. And I said to her kind of quickly, I was thinking about this idea and working with you. And um, what do you think about it? And she was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And I said, I know it seems weird because TikTok's for kind of young kids and I'm, you know, an old mom. And and, um, she said, no, but one day those kids will all be your audience, right? That's right. Yeah. For her to be so perceptive about it was amazing to me. So um, I think looking at that micro content, shifting gears in marketing, thinking about what's coming because the kids now, our audience, that's going to be our audience later. They're going to be a whole different ball game than where we are with Facebook and Pinterest. Oh, yes, totally. We always have to be kind of like one step ahead or at least looking at what younger generations are doing, especially like in the marketing. Yes, exactly. Totally. You know, people used to be looking at professional careers, right? People want to be doctors and lawyers and um, bankers and things like that. And now kids like my son wants to be a YouTuber and that's so common. Yeah. And people my age, a lot of people, my cat, you know, age category, my group, they, you know, would kind of turn their nose up at that. You can't do that. That's not going to make you money. But if you asked a 20 year old, 
they would say that's totally, yeah, doable. Yeah. You don't need a degree. You could totally be a YouTuber, you know? And I think because I'm so involved in blogging and so online that to me, I see that that could be their future. You know, my daughter has like 2000 of her own TikToks and wow, you know, it's just the future. Yeah. And so I I think we kind of have to shift our brain to seeing that these things are all possible. Yes. And, and in our face, and we have to use that to our advantage in our businesses. What do you love most about your career as a blogger? Honestly, all of the people that I've met. Um, I have create had some amazing experiences. I have done some great work with lots of amazing people like you. And I, you know, the things I've learned in such a short period of time are incredible. You know, I wish it was something that I had done so many years ago mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the, I value so much the relationships that I've made and the things I've learned. And I always say my day job fills my pocket or my bank, but it doesn't fill my soul and blogging fills my soul. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. it's It's been such an amazing year. That's amazing. What is one big myth about blogging that you see or hear that you want to debunk? Mm, My favorite (laughs) is that only bloggers who blog about blogging make money. Yeah. Woo, 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 woo. We hear that all the time. Now debunk it. Let's hear what you think about that. If I had five bucks for every time that I've seen it or heard it, I would already be a millionaire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think what people forget about is when they say things like that, it's because they're likely a blogger, obviously in a different niche, whether it's, you know, family or finance or whatever it might be. And the things that they're searching for in Google or the things they're searching for on Pinterest is how to build their business. And so obviously the first thing you're going to see is all of the ways that you're building business blogging, which is what we do. Yes. So, you know, it doesn't come by easily. You don't make more money. It's not a simple, fast way to earn cash. There is no such thing. Every once in a while, you get somebody that comes out of the gate and they do the right thing at the right time, what somebody needs, and they have the right skill set to be able to provide it. And they do make that kind of money. But I would say 99% of the time, if you actually read it, it's probably their second or third blog. They knew exactly what they needed to get there, you know. Yeah, they have some marketing experience. They may already have a following or some email subscribers that know who they are. You know, there's a lot of things that could go into it. Exactly. So I think just like any business, whether you're blogging about blogging or you're blogging about babies, it's going to take time and skills and you have to learn it. Right. So, um, and earn it. This doesn't come overnight. So I think, you know, it's too bad that people sometimes think that, that it's just comes easy and that we just make money hand over foot just because we blog about blogging, but that's certainly not the case for sure. I totally, totally agree with you. And I think that a big thing that happens when people are reading the income reports about bloggers who make money blogging about blogging, they assume that that's just normal. And if you're in a different niche, you're not making that. Mm -hmm. But 
the thing is, people who are in the travel niche and they blog about travel, they don't need to create income reports because they're not teaching blogging. They're not teaching how to make money as a travel blogger for the most part. So people don't see that they could be making hundreds of thousands of dollars from hotel commissions, flights, paid sponsorships, that sort of thing, but they have no reason to publicly talk about it. So exactly. it doesn't look like it. They just see the people who are in the business of blogging. So they're teaching blogging, they're selling courses about blogging. So it makes sense to share our income reports because it serves as a source of proof and inspiration to the people that we want to help or work with. Exactly. But yeah, someone in a different niche doesn't need to do that. So you're not going to see um, as many income reports from different niches, but just be assured that people can make money in any niche and it just comes down to hard work and time and the willingness to keep on learning, I think. Oh, exactly. Totally. You nailed it there. You too. For sure. Let's assume that that is officially debunked then because I agree. I, I don't like that one either. Debunked. <laughs> that was easy. All right. <laughs> we have fixed it. Everybody else <laughs> in the world. <laughs> So I guess we're going to have to just wrap up. Um, so please like tell our listeners where we can learn more about what you do and follow you and find you and just tell us where to go. Sure. Um, so you can find me all over the place. <laughs> it's online world. So we don't, uh, I'm everywhere. <laughs> um, so of course my website, everydayshesparkling.com. Um, I've got a page there. If you'd like to learn about some of the services I offer, I've also got some information about my membership hub there. Um, you can always jump over to the blogging babes collective Facebook group So come join us over there. I'm active there pretty much every day. And then I'm just getting set to launch. This is sort of a brand new, exciting thing. Um, if you are a tech junkie, like we are, um, I'm looking at that micro content stuff. I am developing an Alexa skill. Ooh. Yeah. So if you have um, an Alexa, I, I have to look at the Google Home stuff too, but um, start with an Alexa skill. Um, so when you ask for your daily news brief from Alexa, um, I will be one of the business uh, daily news brief options. And it's Oh, that's so yeah, cool. It's going to be called She Beams and Beams is for blogging, entrepreneurial and marketing strategies for the modern side hustle. That's awesome. Thank you so much for stopping by here and sharing your wisdom because that was just awesome. You're amazing. Um, so thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. You know, I am so appreciative of you and everything you've done and, um, and I, you know, I'm a huge fan and um, I'm so thankful that you, you know, thought to interview me on your new podcast. I'm loving it so far. You always have such great insight and I'm, you know, so, so thankful to be here. Oh, thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you here today, Sasha. And everyone who's tuning in right now, thank you for listening today. I hope that this episode was helpful and inspiring and it motivates you to get out there and work on your own blog. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll catch you next time. tuning into the Her Paper Root podcast. We hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, please say so by leaving us a review on iTunes and be sure to share this episode with your friends. For more entrepreneurship resources and to connect with Chelsea, swing by herpaperroot.com. Now go make something.